0: Hello, Internet. This is Chase Wassenaar, and welcome to Steam Cleaners, presented by the Rough Drafts Podcast Network. This is a podcast in which I and my lovely co-host go through our Steam folder, our Switch backlog, whatever it is that has games that need to be played, uh, and pick some things to play. And they're different things every two weeks because we like to mix it up here on the Steam Cleaners podcast. And when I say we, I am, of course, referring to my fabulous co-host Walter Ciesielski, Walter, how you doing, buddy?
1: I, you know what, Chase, I'm a little sad. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, uh, oh. I, I earlier today uh, took my partner to the airport. Uh, he is uh, currently on a plane. Uh, actually, may have landed by by a time we're recording right now in Newark, New Jersey, uh, and is getting ready to fly across the Atlantic uh, for a nice ten days in uh, in the French Alps uh, with some friends of hers from a foreign exchange program. So I am living the bachelor the bachelor lifestyle here for the next two weeks. Uh, So it means uh pizza rolls and no bedtime, and I'm not sure what else I'm going to do with myself.
0: <laughs> well, honestly, I think it's very sweet that you are uh, missing her already. Um, Shout out to you both. But uh, who knows? You got free time? Maybe you get to get ahead on your Steam Cleaners backlog. Maybe this is the time to delve into that game that would be way too many hours if you had other responsibilities to focus on.
1: Um, Chase, there's like 10 of those games. Which one do I pick?
0: Oh, well, that's not a choice <laughs> that I can give you. That's, that's for RNGesus to decide, Walter. That's when you put them in a list, you number that list, and then you go to a random dice generator and you see what it tells you to play.
1: You know what? That's entirely reasonable. Let me grab a dice real quick. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> wait for next. I'll wait for after the podcast. But Chase, what have you been up to?
0: I mean, I am really having a great uh, physical game week. Uh, I had a a friend come in from out of town from my time in Seattle uh, to play some board games. We played some code names uh, that went terribly for my group. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Cockroach poker, always a classic. Uh, And then Cosmic Encounter, which... Cosmic Encounter is a brilliant game because a player who has no idea what they're doing and a player who's very good at the game can both win simultaneously and make everyone else feel incredibly silly. Um, All three board games I highly recommend. And that's only the start of my gaming weekend because I have another friend coming in from out of town um, who may be on this very podcast in a few weeks Uh, if the engaging game that we are enjoying ever gets finished, um, and we're going to be playing a whole bunch of board games and visual novels and other shenanigans. So, uh, it's just games all the way down for me, Walter, which is good because this is at the end of the day, a gaming podcast, but I imagine that the game that you've been playing is not one of those lovely board games that I was uh, just talking about. So I gotta ask, what have you been playing?
1: Well, I I don't I don't have anyone to play board games with here, so I I, I, <laughs> I can't. No, uh, <laughs> hey, no.
0: Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective is a great <laughs> single player board game. I'm just throwing that out there for any of you. Mage Knight, another great. Single-player board game. I'll, I'll let you talk. I'm sorry. I just love my board games.
1: I know you love board games. And maybe one of these episodes we need to do a board game review. But anyways, uh, I played the Hunter Call of the Wild. And for anyone who doesn't know what the Hunter Call of the Wild is, it's a hunting game. It's like Big Buck Hunter. It's like, you know, what you, you find in backwoods bars, like that type of thing. Uh, And, you know, viewer, listener at home, you might go, well, Walter, that sounds like literally nothing that you would actually be interested in because you're like this liberal from, you know, suburban upstate New York. Like, what possible interest could you have in hunting? I don't. I don't like guns. <laughs> I bought this game a few years ago and put like a couple hours into it back then because I think Jacob Wolfe was playing it and was like streaming it or talking about it. I was like oh that looks interesting uh and then as as the time like wound down of like oh crap I have to play something for the episode this week I just like was going through my log and I was like hey wait a minute what what if I tried playing this game again uh and I'm gonna be honest I probably had a very different experience than 99% of the people who play this game and are good at it um because I treated it like a walking simulator for like 90% of the time. Uh I only killed seven animals in the 7 hours that I played this game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? Y- you have my attention here. Because I I'm also not a hunter. I I do uh enjoy shooting I think a little bit more than you do. I do own uh a shotgun that I've used for for skeet shooting. And when you grow up in the South, that means going to the woods an hour out of town to shoot a rabbit target out of a pickup truck, which is the closest I've gotten to any actual hunting things. Um, Cute little target design, um, but very different than the kind of experience that this game is trying to capture. So I guess, like, let's start with this idea of turning it into something new. What is the game? How free is the game to just not do the hunting part of the hunting
1: game? So, so here's the thing, right? So there are a variety of different, um, uh, what what would they call it? Um, like parks that you can go hunting in, right? Um, so I happen to pick the one, and I, I I have a bunch of the DLC, so I did the one that is set in New England. Um, it's set in like. New Hampshire I believe and it it drops you in there and there is a ranger that's like in charge of this hunting park right and they give you some quests they give you some like missions and things to do and I will say I have no idea what the missions for the other parks are right I haven't touched any of them I spent all seven of my hours in this New England mountain park. Um, but, like, there's a little story that's going on with, like, the, the ranger, and, and, like, they're talking about the park and why they live there, and apparently this ranger's father is a ranger at, like, the first park that was part of the game, the Law and Lakes Park. So he's giving you missions on, like, hey, you know, we ask new hunter, you know, hunters that come out here to help us with, like, some of the conservation things with the park. Like, there's a mission where there's been a bear sighting near some of the farms in the area. Hey, can you go check out those sightings to figure out what might be drawing the bears into, like, more public, you know, where there's people areas. And it, like, turns out there's been some people camping out there and they've left trash about. So they ask you to, hey, can you pick up some of that trash? Uh, Can you there's some invasive plant species can you go to these couple of different areas and pull you know pull the weeds out essentially um and what what the missions are essentially trying to do is to like help you explore the park a little bit get some of these um they call them outposts which are like places you could sleep so you can change the time or that's like the store where you could buy more ammo or new guns or any of those type of things um, but then the the father of this ranger also you know, like shows up and you don't actually like meet them or see them or anything like that. It's all over like walkie talkie. It's all very kind of like Firewatch-esque where it's the stories just being told over over the radio. And there's this conversation, like, going back and forth between the father and the son, and you sort of get this family, this, like, sort of dysfunctional family element between the two of them of how the son left the, you know, their home and came out here to, like, establish his own life, and... And, um, you know, start his family here and take care of this park and really put kind of his name on things. And he sort of wanted to leave the other park because he didn't just want to be in his father's shadow. And you have this really like touching, you know, three, four hour kind of story that goes back and forth between the father and the son um, that you are just sort of listening to you're not actively engaging with other than they occasionally give you a quest and they're like hey go do this thing and as you're going to that place you sort of hear them in the background um so in all honesty that's what i was doing was just doing these missions they were giving me and treating this kind of like i don't want to say fetch quests but essentially like fetch quests and while i was doing the missions I, i i shot like four turkey. Right, I shot like four or five turkey, and that was my my playthrough. You know, a couple of days ago when I was playing the game, and then today I was like, "All right, like like the last couple of days, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really playing the game how it's intended. Like, I'm not really hunting anything. So I was like, let me watch some YouTube videos. Like, let me let me see like what it what does it take to be good at this game? Because like I'm not seeing many deer or bear or elk or any of these big things. Like, what am I doing wrong? And you know, the, the like 45 minutes of videos I like listened to was like, well, yeah, basically you go to these zones at specific times of day where the animals are gathering because they're either resting, they're eating or they're drinking. And like you shoot two of them and you have to like start building up your levels and your gear so that you can kind of progress. And I was like, oh, so actually play the video game, actually, (laughs) actually do the things. And I was like, okay. So my goal prior to us recording was I wanted to kill something bigger than a turkey, right? That was my goal. Kill mm-hmm. one thing that's bigger than a turkey, and I'll pause there. H- have I have I kind of surmised my experience not playing the video game that I was playing?
0: I mean, it certainly sounds interesting, right? Like I think in general, uh, it can be hard to. Uh, make that escape into nature the way that a lot of us would like to. And doing so often comes with its own kind of consequences, right? I like being around pretty things, but I'm not particularly athletic. I don't enjoy hiking and I don't enjoy camping. So usually there's a lot of downsides with the upside of uh, getting to be out in nature that this game doesn't have, right? You could just go on your kind of hike and explore and take in the wildlife. And I do see the appeal of that inherently. I find it very funny that the you were able to go that long without playing the game that you were playing, so to speak, um, mostly because I think a lot of games would have made a kind of a classic blunder of trying to force you to play the game a certain way, like you're not allowed to go into these areas until you've completed whatever hunting requirement that was necessary. And I honestly see that as a very good sign for the game that you were able to kind of customize your experience in that way.
1: Yeah, I would say the like the stuff that's locked behind the actual gameplay is like all right, do you want a better gun? Like yeah, okay, you have to like kill things so that you can increase your your rifle score so you can unlock better rifles better sights, certain ammo things like that but like the entire map as far as i can tell i could i could wander the entire map to my heart's content and there is enough of the sort of like ubisoft like points to go to where like There are lookout points, so you do that, and then that, like, populates a spot or two on the map that's, like, an interesting thing to go to. Uh, The particular map that I'm on, one of the, like, side missions, is that there's 13 different landmarks that are throughout the park. Um, So that was sort of what I was kind of working on before we started recording, was, like, going to these different landmarks. And that gets me back to my goal for earlier today, prior to recording, was I wanted to kill something bigger than a turkey. So... Mm -hmm. As I was, as I was, I had done one of these landmarks, and I heard, uh, because there's different ways to track the animals, right? You can see their footprints, you can see where they, uh, where they poop, essentially, and that'll tell you how, you know, how recently an animal was there. Is it, you know, just, just, just done, fresh, old, or very old? Okay, well, if it's very old, an animal hasn't been there in a while. I said earlier there is sort of these zones where the animals congregate at certain points of the day to rest, drink, or eat. Um, and then there's sound. And animals will make noises. It's weird. That's a thing they do. They make noise. What? And Crazy. as I was as I was like walking away from this landmark, getting ready to go to the next one, I heard a noise. And it tells you what it is. It's a it's a black bear, right? It was a female black bear that was making a warning sound because She heard me and I was like, well, that's bigger than a Turkey. I'm going to hunt this black bear. And using all the information that I had gathered from my YouTube video watching, uh, I began, I, instead of just running through the bush, like I had been the previous session, just getting to these objectives, I crouched, I didn't sprint. And I began to track this black bear. Um, I tracked this black bear for 45 minutes. Real time. Not game time. Real time. I watched my clock and I was like, I never fucking found the black bear. I just, I never fucking found it. I was staying on its trail. It, anytime it pooped, it was fresh. So I was like rather close to it. Never fucking saw the black bear once. And I finally gave up because I lost the trail, right? I lost the the footpath. I couldn't find it anymore. So I was like, know what like that was fun like that was interesting i felt like i was actually trying to play the game and you know what most of the time when you hunt you don't necessarily come back with anything if you're not like a a master tier hunter so i'm like okay i'm cool with that i did shoot a turkey afterwards because there was one just like sitting up (laughs) on a rock and i happened to turn and there was a fucking turkey there i'm like all right cool i'll kill this turkey so I was like, cool, I'm going to go to the next landmark, right? And I, I'm going to the next landmark, and I'm following this river, and I finally come out of some, some trees to kind of a bend in the river, and I look across, and there's a hill that's going up, and there's a bunch of, like, lumps that are kind of standing or laying in the hill. And I was like, those are weird-looking rocks. And then I took out my binoculars, and I see a herd of, like, six or seven elk. And I'm like... Well, an elk's bigger than a turkey. I think I could hit that shot from here. So again, using all the information I, I got from, from my YouTube videos that I watched, I settled down. I crouched down. I didn't cross the river because they probably would have seen me. I made sure that I had sprayed my, you know, scent depressant or whatever. So I didn't smell like anything. And I sat there and I lined up my shot. And I, I held down, I'm using a controller, so I held down on my left thumbstick to, to, you know, hold my breath and hold my gun steady. And I fired. And I hit one of the elk. And I'm like, hell yeah! And then the elk takes off running and I go, oh shit, right, I gotta track this fucking thing. Because I didn't bring my <laughs> dog with me, because Chase, this game has bloodhounds. Of course it does! What kind of hunting game wouldn't have good dogs? Exactly, like, but I didn't bring it with me because I didn't want it to scare anything because I'll tell you after a little while when I added up how many animals that I had actually shot, it also has a stat that tells you how many animals you've scared. I scared over three thousand animals in the seven oh my I God
0: <laughs> Oh my God, that is such a higher number than I expected. like I expected <laughs> it to be more obviously <laughs> that
1: is that is a bad ratio. Yes. I don't, I don't know how accurate it is, but that's what the numbers said. So I cross the river. I, I kind of remember where the elk was that I shot. So I'm like, all right, cool. I cross the river. I go find it, and I see the blood splatter, and it says medium. And I'm like, okay, well that's better than some of the other ones that I've hit that said not much or very little. So I'm like, all right, I start following the trail. And this elk only got like 20 feet away. And there it is laying in the grass. And I'm like, hell yeah, I killed a fucking elk. This is great. Uh, It was a bronze level elk. It wasn't very good. It didn't make me a lot of experience or gold. But I killed something bigger than a turkey. And then as I was like, cool, I'm going to go to the next landmark, you know, whatever. Like, cool, I killed something. I have a nice story now for the podcast about how I actually played this video game the way it was supposed to be intended. Another noise caught my ear. It was a lynx making threatening sounds because, again, I was wandering through its territory. So I go into my handy-dandy uh, uh, inventory, and I pull out a lure. And it is a predator lure. It's supposed to make the sound of a jackrabbit or something, and it's supposed to lure predators in. So I get to the top of this little knoll, and I'm looking out across this you know grass field line at, the, at a tree line, and I make a sound. And I don't see anything. And then I make a sound again. And all of a sudden, I start to see this little gray thing going across the tree line. And I pull out my binoculars and I take a look and I go, yep, that looks like a lynx. It's just gray. It's a gray four-legged animal that kind of looks like a cat. Like, sure. So I do it again and it stops and it looks at me. And it looks in my direction. I will say looks at me. And then it starts to keep crossing the line. And then it starts to veer up. Because I pulled my binoculars back out. It starts to veer up back into the woods. And I go, "Uh uh-oh. No, no, no. I saw you. You die now. So I pulled out my gun and I fired. And again, I, I, you know, see it take off. And I go off to where I shot it. And I see a blood splatter. And it says medium. And I go, well, that bodes well. And then... I go about 20 feet and there's the lynx. It's lying there, dead in the grass. And I'm like, hell yeah, I killed the lynx! And then I continued on my merry way and I decided to grab some more landmarks and some more checkpoint type things. And right as I was about to finish, right as I was about to finish and and log off and get ready to start recording, I see a black bear across a pond from me. And it's dark, right? It's it's nighttime. It's in-game. It's probably like, 10.30-ish, and it's the light from the moon that's kind of reflecting, and I see this bear. And I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be great if then I also killed a bear to end it? And Chase, let me tell you what. I did kill kill that bear. You did not? By the time I pulled out (laughs) my gun, the bear had caught my scent and ran away. And I did. I tried to track it for, like, probably 20 minutes, right? And I, I, I go on the other side, I track it. Again, very fresh. And then... I finally was like, you know, I'm getting pretty fucking greedy as a hunter. I've killed an elk, you know, decent sized elk, a buck. I killed the lynx. I think that's enough for today. And I walked back to this nearby, you know, not lodge, but this outpost. And I walked into it. And I said, boy, what a great walking simulator. And I closed the game, and I went downstairs to fill up my water cup and get ready to record with you. And that was that has been my experience with the Hunter Call of the Wild.
0: I mean, honestly, it sounds like a much better time than I would have expected from this game. Like, straight up, I saw this get recommended to me on my Steam feed, and I immediately just ignored it to try to get it out because I just couldn't imagine having that gameplay loop be something I was interested in, but you're at the very least, you're a very good storyteller. Um And you've, you've managed to, to pique my interest because if you can get behind it, if you can find the like enjoyment of these stories, um stories that really you only tried to experience towards the very end of your experience, because you were too busy enjoying different kinds of, of scenery. Um, That says a lot about what this game is able to offer to people who play it beyond just the kind of like hunter types who are naturally drawn to it. So I guess I mean, I think I know the answer here, Walter, but do you recommend this game?
1: See, I wanted to like jokingly be like, not at fucking all, but uh, you know (laughs) what? Like I had fun with it and I think I think the, like, way you enjoy this game is, like, to me, I enjoyed it because it was, I wanted something I didn't really have to, like, I just wanted something to try, right? I wanted something so out of left field that if I didn't like it, I'd be like, yeah, it was a hunting game. Of course I'm not going to like it. And, weirdly enough, like, the storytelling between the father and the son, the you know, the rangers, was, was interesting. And it was. It was a, it's a very just, like, standard father-son-son-left-the-nest father wishes you know wants him to come back because he wants him to carry the family legacy but they don't talk to each other enough and you know they're reminiscing about their time that they had actually visited new you know this new england park together and, and like all these things that really like sucked me into it and kind of it was almost like listening to like an audiobook essentially while i was like doing these menial tasks right and then once i finished that and finished the quests. I was like, oh, right, there's an actual game here that I'm supposed to be playing. Like, how do I get good at that? Like, how, how do I actually kill something? Like, how do I actually hunt something? And sure, did it take me going to a secondary source to, like, learn some things? Absolutely. I think I would have figured it out on my own anyways. Like, I would have just gone and sat in a blind by one of these, you know, meeting areas and, and finally shot something. Um, and, and I do want to shout out uh, Flinter. Flinter on youtube that was the videos that i watched he had a six-part beginner's guide that i watched like the first four episodes of um and like that was fun like it's weird to me that spending 45 minutes tracking an animal that i never actually saw to try and kill it was like actually really enjoyable and I i know uh Yahtzee, but Yahtzee Crowshaw talks about like having like podcast games, right? Where you like put a podcast on in the background and play Elite Dangerous or something. Like as much as this game could be just like a podcast game and you just kind of wander around. Like I was actually engaged in it. I actually wanted to like hear the nature around me and hear my character making sound as I was as I was either running or as I was, uh, you know, crouching or things like that. Like it actually drew me in. Um, and I was surprised. I really thought this was going to be like, yeah, I spent seven hours on the game because I, I needed something to do and I wanted to try something weird and it just didn't hit for me. And instead now I'm like, well, I'm going to go watch the next video in that YouTube series because it's about how to hunt geese and I kind of want to sit in a blind and just hunt geese. Like, that sounds fun. So yeah, I, I fucking recommend it. It's like, it's $8 on Steam. And then there's a whole bunch of DLC, but like the core game is 8 bucks on Steam. Like, come on. It's not that bad.
0: It's not that bad. Um, Yeah, I don't... I don't know if it would ever be quite for me if only because I just don't play shooters in general anymore unless they're explicitly about the uh, horrors of capitalism, uh, as was the case with... uh, um, Oh, God. uh, The... The Obsidian game that came out last that I played last year. Oh, Outer Worlds. name, Outer Worlds. Thank you. I lost my mind for a second there. <laughs> um, that's the one way I'll play shooters. But, shout out to uh, the game. Glad it's good. I hope people enjoy it.
1: I also suck at shooters too, so that's probably why I'm not very good at this game, but you know what? I'll fucking take it. Uh, <laughs> But Chase, you you played a video game for this episode. I did. And you have not told me what this... Video game is because you told me once I say the name, you don't need to, you don't need to pull anything up. You'll know exactly what to talk about, what direction to go with it. Um, Mm -hmm. so the suspense has been killing me. Uh Uh-huh. What game did you play? So
0: I'm going to give you a hint and I'm going to see if you get it. I think you will. Uh, Exhibit is involved.
1: You did not play NFL Street.
0: I indeed played NFL Street too, my friend. (laughs)
1: Right. Yes. Oh, Yo. Man. No way. So there's which this incredible one? Which
0: one? two. Okay, two. I played gotcha, the second one because gotcha, gotcha. Uh, that's the one that exhibits in and in, in like you have the own the city mode, which is I I think the most interesting that the series has been. Um, for those of you who do not know, uh, maybe we're not playing games as proactively in 2004, which is when this game initially came out. Uh, NFL Street was a series under the EA Sports big uh, label that they used to have. This is when they would take advantage of that NFL license that they had or the NBA license that they had um, to do some games that were a a little bit off the cuff, right? Had a little bit more of an edge to them. Um, And so NFL Street 2 was their version of that. Instead of playing in these big stadiums in front of massive crowds and going through an NFL season, You were just a guy, and you had a team of players that had to somehow compete against actual pros and do your best to uh, grow and improve and eventually be able to take them down. Um, It's a really cool idea focused on uh, an emphasis on style points, right? It's not just about getting the touchdowns to win on the board. You need to be doing tricks and uh, building up your, your... game breaker meter, because once you get your game breaker, uh, you get to essentially go super saying up in here. And, uh, if you're on defense, which is the only time you should ever be using your game breaker, uh, any tackle you make is just an automatic fumble, uh, inflicted upon your opponent, which is fantastic. Um, and of course, game breaker twos were the big innovation for this version of the game. Uh, in which you just got a little bit of a cutscene and essentially turned God Mode on afterwards, uh, which made it super easy to score or uh, take the ball back. And uh, yeah, it's just arcade sports simulation to its core. Uh, It's a game that I played so much of when I was younger, and there are songs on that soundtrack that have been burned in my head for forever as a result. But You know, I've never wanted to bring back out my Xbox 360. I don't have the GameCube anymore, which is the console this was originally on. I could play GameCube games to the Wii, but, you know, that's not a thing I typically do. But, you know, Walter, dolphins are a fantastic animal. They truly bring so much value to the natural world. And while I haven't spent a lot of time with dolphins previously... (laughs) Uh, I have learned that they are quite uh, quite well done, uh, surprisingly easy to work with. I always was intimidated. I thought it would be uh, a lot um, because, you know, um, getting uh, dolphins to work theor- sounds like it would be difficult, but it worked out great. Um, highly recommend. Love the games that have been unlocked for me now as I take these nostalgia trips. Um, so that's what I did.
1: So, listen, I'm good with all Dolphins unless they're from Miami. Then they can go fuck themselves. Ha ha, Fair. ha NFL joke. <laughs> it's fu- it is <laughs> fucking incredible. I, I'm sorry I'm about to swear a lot. It is fucking incredible that you just said you played NFL Street 2. Because one of my favorite YouTubers, not the expert, just did a NFL Street, like went back and played all three of them last week. And I watched it. And his goal was he just wanted to get a game breaker in all three of the games and bemoaned how terrible NFL Street 3 was. And I was like... It's awful. I, I miss the NFL Street games. I put so much time in NFL Street 2 on my Xbox. I was, oh, um, I'm so fucking thrilled. So... Exhibit. Yeah. Like, probably one of the best, like, real-life video game cameos in any game, right? Like, NFL Street was the game other than, like, the Backyard Sports Series for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I liked playing Madden. I liked playing NBA Live, like, all those things. But, like, NFL Street and the Backyard Baseball Series were just so much more fun because they were so different. And they get to the core of why these games are
0: fun, right? Like, strip away the surface level polish and all of the menus and everything. It's like, you just want to play the game, right? That's what NFL Street does. That's the game is just football. It's football in these kind of weird environments in which you get to run up a wall and then jump out to make a diving catch to then go run a touchdown in. Um, you get the silly uh, dances, obviously, because it's 2004 and it's exhibit. Like you could give all of your players gold chains to wear while they're playing. Um, you can just uh, like the the soundtrack is so thoroughly 2004 uh, that it is. Uh, it's honestly just an incredible throwback. You've got Nas, you've got P. Diddy, Papa Roach some 41 Royce to five, nine ying. Yang twins have two songs in the soundtrack.
1: Oh, um, DMX. Oh my God. I'm looking at the soundtrack right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a great Wild. soundtrack. It's a very fun. Uh, and I've had some songs in there that have been stuck in my head for forever. Now, granted, uh, not all of them were as good as I remember. Uh, uh, I'm a soldier by Bishop Lamont had been in my head for a while. Um, and that one, I think, uh, did well, um, no way to stop me by Royce to five for nine. However, uh, turns out there's an entire verse. That's just him talking about how, like, you know, the haters can't get to me. Um, like I'm just so, so much smarter than everyone around me, which like, eh, I could do like, I, I, I'm going to stick with the chorus. I'm going to keep enjoying that. Um, and we'll call it there. Um. But yeah, it's just fun, man. I love that this game has so much content, despite being ultimately this very arcade experience, right? Because first of all, you have the classic NFL challenge mode. This is a lot closer to what the first game was, where each of these teams you have to face in these challenges. And if you do well, then you get points that you can use to develop your team to try to win a tournament against NFL teams at the end of the the 150 days, quote unquote, that this takes place. So you have this like, you know, what level of challenge are you willing to take on, right? Uh, Better rewards for players who are willing to, uh, you know, try to accomplish uh, harder tasks against harder CPUs. Um, But all of them, you have to kind of balance your time and decide who gets those resources and what kind of team you want to make. And you're doing so against these pro teams. And so you're like, I got to tell you, man, uh, your bills are terrifying back in 2004. uh, I had to do a a pass challenge against them. Uh, Just get two passing touchdowns without getting picked off. And I got to tell you, I didn't do very well. Uh despite having- k- been kicking the ass of everyone in the main story mode, that bill's defense fucking broke me. I spent like twenty five minutes trying to get that one challenge to happen um but y'all like they just set the a i to like pursue every interception possibility and you could only do passing plays and so it just you just popped off uh well done bills. Of course, you can play as the NFL teams, right? They have an entire kind of challenge mode there where you have to, it's called the NFL gauntlet. You take on like eight rival teams in a row to prove which NFL team is the best. So I got to break out my Falcons. Uh, Michael Vick, turns out, continues to be good in every video game iteration he's ever had. Having a quarterback that can run is always going to be broken based on the way that the AI of defenses are managed. And... Um, it was really nice to go back and, and visit a lot of those players. Um, but, you know, the the key of, of NFL Street 2 and its big selling point is the Own the City mode, where you start as a single character um, and you're having to, like, play these pickup matches to try to get people to agree to be on your team and trying to uh, play these kind of mini-games that they build. Like, they've got a kind of a King of the Hill thing where you have to try to... Hold on to the ball and do more tricks uh, than anyone else. Is like people get ta- try to tackle you. We've um, got a jump ball challenge, which is just trying to catch all these balls getting thrown up in the air simultaneously with some of them uh, being worth more points than others. You've got a one-on-one and a two-on-two kind of challenge where it's just you and the opponent, and you have to just try to run past them and make use of your jukes and your spins in order to get the play. Um, You've got your 4v4 modes. You've just got a lot of these different ways of kind of engaging with this, uh, all while you build up a team and try to get as many dev points as you can to power up your star player while recruiting the best players from all these other teams that you're beating uh, until you hopefully can take on Exhibit, which is really fun because he has a team of some of the best players in the league. And by the time you reach him, you have spent so much time refining your star player, um, and getting them to be, uh, strong enough, uh, and have enough strong players around them to be able to quite literally take on the best teams the NFL has to offer. And I don't know, it's all just satisfying. Um, I, I, I love it. I love how much content there is in a game that theoretically, you know, over two decades, right? You would think we'd have more content in our modern sports games. But no, I I found more depth here, more things to uncover. I was really impressed. It was as good as I remembered, which is not typically how nostalgia works.
1: That is that is truly what makes NFL Street and uh, the NBA Street games and NBA Jam like so beloved. Because here's the thing madden is the fucking same year after year after year after year and like they can try to change the mechanics of the game they can try and make it more competitive they can make it more difficult god remembers i talked about nba 2k 22 and was like fuck this game but like it's fucking terrible they broke the shooting mechanics like i don't want to have to spend days perfecting how to play this and like nfl street's like Nah, baby, like just randomly mash buttons. You get style points for it. And like all you have to do is you just score. And like the Own the Street is one of the best examples of how to make a single player campaign work in a sports game. Like it is so much better than any NFL superstar or NBA superstar mode that 2K or Madden have ever done. Like it's fun. There is depth to the characters, there is depth to the story. Of like the interactions with the characters, I even fucking love all the like the little cutscenes that are at the beginning of the games where it's like, yeah, that's your man. Wait, that's my man. Yeah, the big one over there. Like, oh hell no, like that's not my. Like, I fucking love that shit. That is so. It makes the game so much more fun that there is that. And then you have the added bonus of like having some NFL players, having some recognizable names. Because yeah, who doesn't want to fucking throw the ball to Randy Moss in two thousand four? And like, he's, it's fun. It's pickup. It's like a pickup football game. And it's not this like overly tactical, like, okay, well, yeah, if you bring your middle linebacker on a blitz here, then you have to make sure you have the right zone coverage. Like, nah, dude, I don't want to play a sports game because I want to be good at a fake digital version of the sports game. I'm playing it because I have a power fantasy that I want to be the best football player on the planet. And, like, NFL Street allows you to do that. Yeah. And I was well, really very happy.
0: It's a great game. I thoroughly enjoyed... um So, I, I've talked about my baseball game uh, on this podcast before. Super Mega Baseball 3. Which I would argue is, like, the uh, upgraded version of Backyard Baseball. Because, like you, I loved the Backyard games growing up. I loved the uh, EA Sports big games growing up. And I, I feel like Super Mega Baseball 3... Uh, captures at least the backyard angle of it very well um you know you'd look at things like Blitz the League is I guess the spiritual successor to n f l street and I love those games more than a lot of other people because as raw as they were, there was a lot of heart there um Ignore the fact that it didn't technically work in a lot of different ways. Like, yeah. the flavor was there. And the flavor's here, too. Um, you know, you get the game breaker and you activate it on defense. It's like, I'm coming! Here I come! And just charging charge it <laughs> in. Like, it's fantastic. It's, uh, you know, ain't no one in the NFL better than me. Like, you you know that trash talk that happens on there. Uh, it's It's funny when it's done by a pro player. It's funny when it's done by... Someone in the first pickup league that you know is trash and that you can't wait to replace in a couple of weeks uh, once you get to the next region like it's just fun, it understands the fun of why people play sports games so well, and it's such a shame that there's nothing like this anymore i mean look there are there are criticisms I can make of this game, right? I liked the first games campaign maybe a little bit more than I like Own the City. Own the City just because there are so many different locations and because all of the teams are from these, like, created players. It doesn't necessarily always feel like progression as much compared to when you were in the NFL and you were, like, Going through each individual division, and you don't get to make your super team of different pro players. Though there is a mode, like if you just want to play like a single match, where you like draft your team from NFL stars, you can totally do that. Um, but I decided that my own the city protagonist um, would be the um, uh, one of my my players in my baseball game is uh, Giggly Green Junior. She's a center fielder for me. <laughs> But as far as I know, Giggly Green Sr. was never a player in my league. And so I decided, well, clearly he was just the greatest NFL street player of all time. And so I made him my quarterback. I gave him max passing and max running. And I just, I just fucking steamrolled. Uh, it turns out having a quarterback that is just as deadly as a runner, as a passer, is a great way to cheese the AI, just roll out. If they bite on you, the w- receiver's open. If they don't bite on you, you go up towards the wall, do your, like, wall-running stuff to hit a hot spot, so you get the logo and maybe unlock a famous legendary player from back in the day, which is always super satisfying, right? Like, oh, I hit the one hotspot that unlocks something for me later that's super cool, and now they're available in pickup games, and isn't that neat, right? Like, it's just... The, the stuff that works is so much more important than the stuff that doesn't. And if the criticism that I have is simply that, like, while the core is fantastic, it doesn't necessarily evolve as much as it could, it certainly evolves more than any of the other NFL games you're going to be playing right now, I'll tell you what. And if you're not in the mood to play football, you just play a different game that day, right? But if you want to play a football game, you're there to play football. And this game gets to the core of why football's great. And hey, forcing uh players to play on both sides of the ball also really fun. Michael Vick, the best cornerback in the league according to the NFL Street too. It's just great, man. It's just a great game. Great game.
1: I I can't say anything more. I I I it was a perfect game. I just remember being a kid, it was a it was a perfect game. It was I honestly would rather play NFL street over Madden. Like I remember that as a kid, like i much rather play street over Madden. Um, And I am glad that those dolphins uh, uh, brought this game to you. I do have to say like, did, did, does the dolphin, did they do anything to like update the graphics or does it look exactly like it did in 2004?
0: It looks like it did in 2004. That's kind of part of the point, right? Like, it's it's preserving the code for what it is. But how cool is it that you can play a GameCube game from 20 years ago on your computer and it runs just the way that it used to. Like yeah, sure, it'd be great to have like an HD version that's like widescreen rather than just your your square box there, but it doesn't matter. That's not why I'm playing the game. I'm not like if someone makes a remastered version of this game, I'll buy it in about 0.25 seconds even though I know that's never going to happen because e a sports hates my money, i guess um they they decided to move away from the e a sports big side of things a while ago because they just kept doing it until they ran into the ground and people didn't want to play anymore because they didn't realize that these games weren't like the Madden games where we weren't playing just to get you know roster updates and you know they never did like the the version of n f l street three or four, you know, like because three existed, it sucks. But like the four that I would have liked to see, right, is take the uh, gameplay of two, merge it with the NFL challenge of one, keep the own the city mode, maybe with a couple extra mini games just to keep things a little bit more fresh. You have a perfect game as it is. It's a great game. Um, And I'm I'm certainly glad that I got a chance to go back to it. I do have NBA Streets 2 and 3 on the emulator as well, so I will potentially be delving into this well down the line, though I'm going to try not to just be the sports game from 20 years ago guy because not all of you are going to want to use emulators and not all of you listening at home are going to want to uh, just talk about sports games for all this time. But the game I'm playing takes a lot of time and is... Difficult. So I needed something fun to just relax at the end of the day. And NFL Street is fantastic. I, I highly recommend, if you like sports games, if you remember NFL Street being good, the Dolphin emulator is super easy to actually work with. And um, you should go play it. You should go play it. It's still good. It's Games don't stop being good. Just because better graphics technology comes out. It turns out good games are still good.
1: There apparently is like a rumor EA is thinking about taking a pause on the Madden series for a year. This would be a great replacement. Like, just make a modern NFL Street. Like, how cool would it be to have NFL Street with Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen and like the modern players, like fucking Sauce Gardner, cornerback for the Jets? Like, oh my god, that dude would be Champ Bailey two Like, fuck, Zach dude, Wilson I want this making game. some
0: some milf jokes would be great. Like, if you, like, you you really embraced it, I think I think part of the problem, right, is that there's a a rawness to this that like pro players avoid nowadays. Like, this is a very 2004 game and some of the cultural references and attitudes that it puts out. And, like, people get a little bit too professionalized nowadays, I think. But that would be all the more reason that I'd love it if they did it, right? Like, how much more likable would some of these players be? Oh,
1: 2004, NFL Street, Zach Wilson would come out in, like, a full-on pimp regalia.
0: <laughs> Goddamn, Just right. straight up.
1: Just straight with two women on his arms. And it would be like oh, shit, I got to play a game. I'll be right back. And, like, just walk out there. Oh, my God. I want I want a new NFL Street. EA, take my fucking money because you're not getting it otherwise.
0: Yes. Stand up, get crunk, <laughs> and give us a new game. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. What a game. And what a podcast oh, this has been. Thank you so much to all of you Uh, for listening. I hope you had as much fun with it as I did. I am so glad I called the Walter response here the way that I did, because it's so much more fun for that to be uh, realized in the moment. Um, Walter, if people want to talk to you about NFL Street 2, The Hunter, or anything else, where can
1: they find you? Uh, you guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Uh, I always took Jeremy Shockey. I fucking love Jeremy Shockey. I know I was a Bills fan, but just something about Jeremy Shockey just felt right as a tight end in the mid 2000s. Uh, you <laughs> guys can follow the podcast at Rough Drafts Pod. Uh, of course, as always, you do have uh, both the feeds that you can listen to. Actually, all three feeds you can listen to on your uh, podcast platform of choice. You have either the Rough Drafts feed where you get both Final Cut and steam cleaners, or the individual feeds for each individual show.
0: That is absolutely correct. You can also find me, at Chase Wasnar on Twitter. And you can find this podcast two weeks from now, when we'll be talking about two completely different games. But until then, goodbye, internet.